0: welcome to Her Dark Materials. I'm Faye. Hi. And I'm Rachel. Hello. This is a podcast where we're reading through and discussing Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials novel, a chapter at a time, spoiler free. In this episode, we're talking
1: about chapter six, The Throwing Nets.
0: it's been so long since we've done a book episode i've forgotten how to podcast me too (laughs) it's great how are you this week it's been a weird
1: week good yeah it's been weird we've christmas has happened Mm -hmm. it's an it's a whole new year it's a whole new decade it's
0: ah. a new decade. Oh my god. And it's all already going to shit. <laughs> oh, I've been existential crisis in my bloody pants off because of this new decade. I don't know why. I've never been bothered about time before, never been bothered about getting old, but I don't know why with this decade, I'm 28. I mean, when we started 2010, I would have been 18, so maybe I didn't really give a shit. But like now we're in 2020, I'm like 28. It's a new decade. Like, Loads of things have happened in the decade, but do you know when you're like, I've done nothing in this decade? It's what am I like, doing with my life? <laughs> I absolutely have, I've done shitloads in this decade, but my brain's just like, No, you've done nothing. And I'm like, Oh, oh
1: god, I, I had the exact same thing. I was like my um cousin posted a thing about like she's got married, she's like travelled the world, she's moved house three times, she's bought her own house, she's got a dog, she's had a baby, she's done all this stuff in the last decade, and I'm like, What have I done? And my mum was like, Well uh you've had a lot of shit going on <laughs> and you went to uni and you got a job and you not had to ask me to help you pay your rent yet and i was like Ah, oh,
0: i have been doing life yeah. haven't i yeah <laughs> that's good i mean if you think about it we both obviously are from up north we've both moved to london at some point in this decade that's quite a big, big oh step. yeah massive uh we both have jobs that pay us
1: yeah i was what 16 at the beginning of it? The decade in 2010 because i'm just so much more youthful than fair yeah God. um yeah i was a horrendous person 10 years ago i was like selfish and vain and
0: yeah.
1: like took the worst selfies and have really bad haircuts mm. Like <laughs> okay. i am so thankful for how far i've come in yeah. in the years yeah i guess we should do that 10 year challenge thing but i just don't want to look back
0: I know. <laughs> my thing as well is that, like when i was 18 all i did was go out and get drunk. Like yeah. I just did that all the time. So I look back. I actually made a lot of my Facebook photo albums private, so only I can see oh, them. Oh, me too. Because <laughs> there's so much shit of me in there, just being horrendously drunk. Anyway, yeah, I I don't want to look back on them, and I don't want anyone else to see them. Maybe maybe one day in this podcast, I'll I'll pull one out, and you can laugh at me being drunk, probably on the floor. Thank God I'm not like that anymore. God, I, oh, then she, says, what? she says. <laughs> she I says can't...
1: a New Year's Eve. I... <laughs> my best, my, <laughs> my favorite quote. We spend New. I spent New Year's with um Faye and Liam, her partner, because it was his birthday. Happy thirtieth birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and Faye's quote of the evening is well I'm already shitfaced now there's no way I can feel worse than I will in the morning if I just keep drinking so I'll just keep drinking <laughs> like that's
0: not how alcohol works Faye I don't remember saying that
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like I'm
0: gonna feel like shit tomorrow anyway I might as well carry on oh god Do you know it's gonna pouring another drink oh, fucking <laughs> now. I was a shitfaced on New years eve I just hadn't drunk in ages and like mm-hmm. we've had we have this conversation all the time when I drink now I just ended up feeling shit in the, the next day. And like when I was 18, it was like, cool. Because I never used to get hangovers. But now I, now you've got things to do with your time as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm just like, God, is it worth it? And I think on New Year, it was, although we had to get the train back the next day, I was like, look, it's like the one day of the year where I'm definitely now I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow. Mm. But it's not going to be the end of the world because New Year's Day is a bit of a write-off anyway for me. So I was like, oh, whatever, I'll just get shit based. I didn't really drink over Christmas. Also, you're
1: like, it's not just New Year's when everybody's getting drunk it's also your partner's birthday we're there for a birthday party you've got to celebrate yeah it's kind of like double celebrate you, there's no ex- there's no excuse yeah and also we made a really good team at beer pong we did i was shit <laughs> was a little beer pong tournament <laughs> i shocked myself at actually throwing a ball into some
0: cups yeah you Who'd were really have thought <laughs>
1: that
0: i'd be good at it yeah I was... I was shit like i think i get better the more that i drink the second time we played it against liam and johnny i was better yeah, true. Although well, the first time I had my mum and my also, you watches. and Liam
1: were equally as bad. I feel like if me and Johnny had teamed up, we might have beat everybody. Yeah, but we, that's no, true. He ditched me. He ditched me. I was <laughs> Johnny's
0: fault. Our partners ditched us yeah. and we had to go together. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We, we, we liked it. We enjoyed yeah. it. So yeah, I, I did have a drink on New Year's Eve. I also had a drink on Christmas Eve. That was bad, that was bad times. I did not enjoy it. And... I didn't really drink it really over Christmas apart from those two times and now I'm in January and I'm like I will definitely have a drink again at some point let's face it. So but much for no- dry January. But now I'm like.
1: Oh, I man. have already broken any thoughts that I might have had of dry January because while I was reading the book chapter yesterday I made myself a little hot chocolate that I got for Christmas it was like a special like salted caramel hot chocolate Ooh. where you like melt it in the milk in the pan and it's all fancy and I got with it like a salted Caramel vodka liqueur. And I was like, Ooh. well, that shit's going in there. It was real tasty. It definitely warmed the
0: cockles of my heart <laughs> <laughs> as I was reading. It, well, was, yeah. it was yum. But yeah, here's to new decade do you ever do like do you have like lists of things that you want to do oh god no I don't I tried to do it one year and it just made me feel like absolute shit and I do I've, things... well I say that I don't have anything I like, officially ever
1: write down yeah. I have like to-do lists of like stuff I want to make mm-hmm. especially for like on the business side of my life but like personal goals like a five-year plan <laughs> five-year plans can get out the window
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's never happening yeah. and like at mine are always I always give myself too much to do yeah. And, and then you feel bad. Yeah. yeah. So I think last year I was like, I'm going to do an hour of something creative every day. An hour? I've got a full time job. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Why did I think that I could do that? And then, I thought, and then you feel like I'm you're failing. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do last year. I was going to do a blog post every month and I did pretty well up until September, October. But then we started a podcast. Started a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm not berating myself on that because we did start a podcast. Yeah, uh, I will write again at some point i'm writing a blog at the minute actually about um coming off the pill oh and how it's affected me i'm not listeners i'm not getting pregnant don't you worry i'm just i've been on it for for years and i wanted to see what i was like not on it and the answer is interesting yeah yeah, the answer is very emotional and also acne but i knew my acne would come back because i had acne before i went on the pill yeah there's been lots of crying Oh.
1: (laughs) oh man what is life? Well, I'm anticipating lots of crying this month as well because I was like, hey, new year, self-employed, gotta do my taxes. You know what else would be great? I'll just house hunt and move house. I'll just move house. So like you guys have probably been listening to me whining about house hunting for ages because we only decided to move in like November. We found a place, we put an offer on, we're waiting to hear back, but I am a ball of nerves because currently my like plans for January are really blank until we find out the move date, and then suddenly like that calendar is full of me freaking out and trying to pack my life into boxes and like it's gonna be really hard
0: yeah (laughs) i'm scared (laughs) it'll be stressful moving always is but once you're in the new place it'll be great
1: it'll be nice yeah i'm excited to like Yeah, have people over in, like, we found someone that's a house. Mm -hmm. It's, like, so much bigger than the little flat we're in now, and we can have people around and not be sat on top of each other in order to all sit in the same room, which is nice. That would
0: be good. (sighs) Yeah, this week's been a weird one because we had New Year and then I went back to work for two days, and those two days were just a complete and utter write-off. Like, Mm -hmm. and nothing to do. Well, that's a lie. I've got things to do. I've always got things to do at work. But nobody else was back in the office. Cause all the people that you need to do these bits of work they're just a bit like uh, and obviously you're slow anyway because you're not i had been off from the 19th of december so i'd fucking forgotten what you even oh, do for work it takes
1: so much to get back into gear and get Gosh. get back to any kind of semblance of being a functional human after you've had like so much to drink so much to eat mm-hmm. you're kind of like socialed out over christmas as well because like you visit every single family member yeah. it's possible to visit, and then also try to cram in seeing your friends from back home. And like, it's not like when you're at union, you get like two weeks to do that and you practically get bored being at home. Yeah. And yeah, I think I'd had like just the right amount of time at home because by the time I was coming back, I was like, I've got things to do.
0: <laughs> I yeah. need to do some things. Yeah,
1: so much. But I've also ticked off all the appropriate family members to visit. <laughs> <laughs> Cups of tea have been had with my nan. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> Done. Done.
0: so Faye, what would your demon have been this week well I said this loads when we talk about this but I always feel like my demons are like i are like really tired or like really slow and like I haven't had like a frantic like happy demon yet but I feel like mine would this week especially with it being new year and get, going back to work I feel like I'm a tortoise oh you know? <laughs> little slow tortoise who like plods along but just really slowly just so slow that's what I felt like and then I have things to do and I just can't do it at a normal speed which i would normally do it i'm just like trying to go faster and i just go oh. nice that's my nice What shots have you thought of it? i have so the
1: entirety of the last month all i've been doing is just eating eating and chilling out so i my demon would be the fat family dog that's been fed scraps under the table at christmas uh... i'm like a lab, it's like a Labrador. that's just been like begging for scraps under the table all through Christmas, and like you get to January and you look at the dog and you go, "Oh God, the dog got fat." <laughs> the, the vet's gonna kill us. We need to put it on a diet. That's my demon this this week <laughs> is realizing the dog got fat and you need to put it on a special diet because you overfed it at Christmas. <laughs> I would never ever fat shame a human being, but I do think you've got if you've got a pet, you have to make sure they're like kept healthy
0: yeah because they can't do it for they themselves. can't they, it's not their. Yeah. it's not
1: the dog's choice to um they're gonna but eat yeah. whatever is given to them oh god yeah. they eat anything as well yeah shall we
0: get into it <laughs> there's an email first oh i'm just so keen I okay we got an email from somebody called reed hi reed hi. i hope i'm pronouncing your name correctly it's r-e-i-d i would probably say reed. yeah uh they emailed us saying how much they enjoyed the podcast which we love and their subject line was we bloody love an email we, we do bloody, bloody love, love an email, an email. <laughs> oh, um we can't go into too uh, much detail about what they said because it's it's spoilery but read we are going to come back to you we're just gathering our thoughts mm-hmm. about so many email. thoughts uh, but yeah they sent a really cute picture of them and their demon slash pet cat simon Aww. simon's adorable congratulations <laughs> yeah, so cute <laughs> but yeah thank you for emailing us and again everybody please email us we bloody love an we email we bloody love an email <laughs> It's her.materialspod at gmail.com. I'll say it now and we'll also say it at the end of the episode. So you got no excuse, you've got to email us. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Okay, now we can get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Last chapter, Lyra spends a few months living with Mrs Coulter. Lyra learns
1: that Mrs C is the head of the ablation board, aka The Gobblers, and runs away.
0: In this chapter, now free from the clutches of Mrs. Coulter, Lyra gets caught by the Gobblers, or are they, and rescued by the Egyptians, all in one night. She's
1: reunited with Marcaster and meets Billy's brother, Tony, who tells her a bunch of information about
0: a bunch of different scary creatures. Lyra finally thinks about Roger. Justice for Roger! Yay! When she learns that the Egyptians are going north to rescue the kidnapped kids, she decides to join them to rescue Roger and her uncle, Asriel, too. So, first, uh, Lyra and Pan, they're walking through Embankment trying to find the Royal Art Institute because it's the only place they know because they're in London. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to work out where I thought Mrs Coulter lived from some of these descriptions. Yeah, so if She comes off as like a Chelsea person. Yeah, but Embankment though is quite far from Chelsea. Yeah. And also, I know that we, we can probably assume that this London's a, bit, a little bit different from Ireland anyway, mm. but... Can you imagine living on an embankment? Jesus, it's fancy. Yeah. Mm Mhm. Um. And Lyra's worried. She doesn't know. Um. She doesn't know London like she knows Oxford. Um. So she's um. Yeah. I suppose a little bit apprehensive about being out late in London, which I suppose anyone would be. Oh God!
1: Definitely. I'm really enjoying the description. Is that she's kind of, she's lost, but she almost seems more annoyed that she doesn't know her way around. Yeah. She's like, well, if I was in Oxford, I'd know where to go, and like, I wouldn't be. Annoyed, I didn't know my way around. I'd be like, even now, if you like drop me in the middle of London with no Google Maps, yeah, I would probably be quite scared. Absolutely,
0: yeah, London is scary, especially scary at things. night on yeah. a, like
1: a rubbish day,
0: yeah. Uh, Pam's a wildcat and is helping her find a way. And then I was like, a wildcat's big, or is it like literally a cat, like a house cat that is wild?
1: So I used to live down the road from an otter and owl sanctuary. I don't think God. It's closed now. I'm it really sad it close. It was oh. called the Chestnut Centre, it was adorable. And they had like otters and stuff. But they also had um some like wildcats and things. And I mean I envisage Pan as the Scottish Wildcat, which is kind of like if you think of like the size of a house cat and the size mm-hmm. of a Labrador, mm-hmm. it's kind of like halfway between. Okay. And they're um, like pointed like, ears.
0: Do I don't They're that? quite
1: fluffy. They're like a lot shaggier and furrier Ooh. and fluffier. And like a little bit more not like liony looking like leopardy kind of looking we're gonna we're gonna post a picture of a wild cat <laughs> in the
0: instagram for this episode so, i pause then because you did you hear that that's a beast so it's been making something i don't know what it is probably a fox but it's been making this like noise for like since we've been back in the flat. and i keep hearing it every so often and it just makes this weird noise and i just heard it and i hope that the mic picked, picked it up, up. <laughs> normally you hear foxes around here and they're like running around screaming at each mm-hmm. other but like it just keeps making the same noise so i'm like i hope, and it's... it keeps always happening we need to catch this <laughs> yeah. and it's the same distance away and i'm like i hope it's not something that's trapped somewhere it sounds like an angry little dog do you think i, don't I wonder think if someone's like moved
1: a into a flat near you that's got like a like a horrible little dog <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't You've got some kind of like beast of Bodmere. <laughs> like, <laughs> some kind of beast of Peckham. Yeah. lurking in the streets near you. Making
0: mysterious noises. I'm glad we caught it on the mic there. Well, we're talking about wildcats. Yeah. Yeah. And how I don't
1: I'm trying to describe them and I'm remembering. I don't really know what they look like either.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because the reason why I ask is because I think later on in the chapter it says that she picks Pan up while he's a wild cat. So I'm like, he obviously has to be a a size where an 11 slash 12 year old girl could pick him up. Oh, definitely. He's like dog sized. He's not a big cat. Okay.
1: And also I get the impression that like Pan's changes are kind of to size. He's described, I think, later in the chapter as like a tiny leopard. And earlier in the book, he's been just, when he was a dragon, he was like a really small dragon. Mm. I think it's because Lyra's is still a child. Whatever he turns into is quite a small childlike version yeah. of whatever
0: animal it is. There's a bit where it says Lyra walked delicately through it all her senses magnified and mingled with Pantalamans, Cupid of the Shadows and the Nora alleys. And that's me again just pointing out every time it says something about demons and humans and that their senses are like mingled yeah. together. Yeah,
1: he's changed into an animal that's useful for her to yeah.
0: scout out through. Yes. And they're walking through streets where tram cars run, which is definitely not Ireland because that's not a thing, unless you're like in Croydon. I think Croydon has a tram. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to
1: get a tram fro- from Wimbledon to <laughs> Mitcham, which is a
0: bad place. It's fine, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, like this, these are like in central London if she's an embankment. Yeah. So, that's not, and as far as I'm aware, never been a thing in our London. No. Central London, anyway.
1: And she's also just super casually jaywalking. She's like, no. she knew there were rules for crossing the streets in London, but she just ignored it. She's not
0: bothered. She's not bothered. <laughs> you get Renova Lyra, it's dangerous. Yeah. The idiot drives in Maybe London. Maybe the cars in her place are slower. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a bit here where she says it was a fine thing to be free again she knew that pantaloiman padding on wildcat paws beside her felt the same joy she did to be in the open air even if it was murky london air laden with fumes and and clangorous with noise so i put a note there because it made me laugh because that's how i felt coming back from london after spending time back (laughs) up north with my family i love being up north because it's fresh air but like you were saying earlier by the time you get to the like the end of your stay there you're like oh thank god i'm going back to london and I was like, <laughs> when I was reading it, I was like, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. And then you also, you're home and you're like, there's so much more
1: green space at home. And you're like, oh, I can breathe. It's yeah. so fresh. And then you come back to London and you're like, I've got so much space for activities and yeah. my life is free again, but the is
0: yeah, <laughs> But I can't breathe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They realise that they're uh, going to have to think about what happened at Mrs. Colt's flat at some point and also find somewhere to sleep, but they're like trying not to. I suppose, think about that right yeah, now. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. Um, And they see a coffee stall outside a department store. And then I thought to myself, do they have the same shops that we do? Like, yeah. what department store would it be? I is...
1: imagine them all like old. Like, you know, when you go into Liberties, mm. which is, sh- she's fancy. Um, <laughs> she's fancy in London. And um, it is like, it's kind of very similarly laid out to how it was when it was very first. But yeah. I kind of imagine them being more of that vibe in a department
0: store. Yeah, that's fair. Um, they head over there, she orders a cup of coffee and a ham sandwich. How old is she ordering a cup of coffee? Uh, I thought that. I. So I don't and have never drank coffee and... Do you drink coffee? No, I tried to drink coffee at one point,
1: but the only time I could make myself drink coffee is if it was like a triple shot of... No, like a, a vanilla latte with like a triple shot of vanilla, <laughs> not a triple shot of coffee. And then like, we just put loads of sugar in it and that's not really a coffee, is it? That's just sugary vanilla water or sugary vanilla milk <laughs> that tastes a bit shit because it's got coffee in it (laughs) and it's like what else
0: so yeah I suppose there's two non coffee drinkers it's hard to comment but I'm not sure what uh, like what age in life people begin to drink coffee I thought also 11 12 sounds super young as well
1: yeah well I started drinking tea at uni but a lot of people that I knew were drinking tea before that and Mm. my auntie when I slept over at my cousin's house would give us all um in like plastic beakers when we were like six, seven, eight years old, really, really milky tea yeah. before bedtime. And that's why I didn't like tea for a really long <laughs> time. Sorry, Auntie Helen, it was gross. I hated it. But also she was slightly scary because sometimes when my cousins must behave, she'd chat with them. So I was like, I've got to be well-behaved. And I'd drink this tea that I didn't want to drink and I hate. <laughs> and that's why I didn't drink tea all the way up till third year at uni. Oh my God.
0: Yeah, you know, i just assimilating uh, my friends grandparents she lived with them and they were really mean and for some reason they didn't like me when i was just a really nice nice little girl and they (laughs) said i was a bad influence but i didn't do anything and i don't know why she Um, probably just blamed everything on you (laughs) right yeah probably (laughs) and they used to give me hot ribena and i don't like hot drinks at all and i've never have done and I used to have to like fucking just grin and bear it and drink it and I hated it so oh, much I actually quite like a hot Ribena when I've got a cold mm. and my mum really likes it as well I am um, I it took me a long time to even like to drink normal Ribena after that I was like I'm so sick of drinking this shitty hot Ribena. Please. brilliant make it stop make it stop phase trauma with hot drinks <laughs> oh so much um, yeah, I think it's too
1: young to be. A, yeah. Especially like confidently. It's one thing to have coffee when your parents or family have got it like, at the table and you're like, I'll try it. Mm. But like ordering a coffee from a coffee stand when you're
0: like 12 years old,
1: it would ring alarm yeah. bells as the person at the coffee stand for me. I'd yeah. Be like, what is this
0: child doing? And he just, I, you just say something to her, doesn't he? Like, oh, you're out late or whatever. That's the creepy guy. No, that's the coffee shop guy. The coffee guy. Yeah, okay. I think it's the. Hang on. Oh, there's a guy. It's the creepy guy. Okay. So she's ordering
1: her coffee and there's the coffee shop guys like chatting to some of the customers and a gentleman in a top hat and a white silk muffler which i googled A muffler is just a scarf great says you're out late my dear and
0: proceeds to be thoroughly creepy oh my god he tries to give her fucking booze ew mm. she's like fucking 12 that is disgusting behavior yeah
1: i love the way that she comes back to it though where she's like oh yeah i've had that before i hated it i was sick and then he's kind of like quizzing her on what, like, what's her name, where's she from, and she's like, basically like, oh, I'm waiting to meet my father. He's a murderer, by the way. He's a fucking murderer. <laughs> my dad's gonna get you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good lying there, Lyra. So great. Like, it takes him the man back, and the man might be creepy, but he has a lemur for a demon, mm. which I think sounds really cute. And when she says that her dad's a murderer, the uh, the lemur like clambers up from the man's shoulder to like behind his head to peer out f- at her from behind the t- i'm yeah. just imagining this creepy guy like go away creepy guy but this
0: adorable Rema. lemur yeah <laughs> also she doesn't give a real name she says she's called alice yeah she kn- she knows she's mm-hmm. she- also quick off the bat like i feel like i am
1: not very quick off the bat when people, I'm trying to... You know, you're like, I should be giving someone false information here.
0: Yeah. But you're just not quick enough yeah. to think of it. That's me. <laughs> Same. That's me yeah. also. um, Going back a tiny little bit before we get to the conversation with the creepy guy, mm-hmm. they mention the something railway station sonic railway i did google this <laughs> me too Yay. so it's just a tube right yes, it's, it's the word sonic means underground or under i yes, think it's, and it's greek pertaining to greek legends yeah. of the underworld yeah so yeah. it's just a tube but i thought it might have been a real thing obviously the tube is a real thing but i thought uh, maybe that's what it used to be called or something but no it's, it's just, just a cool word for yeah. underground i like it i like it a lot i like yeah. it too I thought it was a typo at first when I read it. Yeah. Because it's
1: such a weirdly spelt word. But also that, uh, did, she, uh, did she mention it here or somewhere else where she's not allowed to use it because Mrs. Coulter said it was for, not for posh people. Bit of classism there. Yeah. Love it. I get the underground all the bloody time because posh people get cabs and I cannot afford a cab. Also. In London. <laughs> there's just no point in getting a cab. Like, Yeah. Especially... It will take longer. Yeah. It'll <laughs>
0: take longer and it's going to cost you more. I don't care how fucking posh you think you are. Just get on the fucking tube. <laughs> there you go face hot takes <laughs> <laughs> another one <laughs> ah, brilliant um, and her food and drink cost two, chil- uh, two shillings and I googled that too and it's 12p in a shilling so like 24p for that ham sandwich and a coffee I don't know how much that would be that would now. cost you
1: like off of a street vendor in London as close to the Thames as she
0: is because she's only been walking an hour yeah. away from embankment. Mm-hmm. So what you like And also we don't know which way she's going because like no. is she going down the river, is she going like up towards north London? She's not crossed a bridge, so I assume she's not going south London.
1: Yeah.
0: But I think she's trying to head north because yeah. she's trying to get to Oxford, right? Or mm. head up That's truly difficult in which way is north. Don't um think, yeah. but
1: you're basically still in central London because she also doesn't know where she's going. she's probably got in a really like zigzag route. Yeah. You're still pretty central. That is going to set you back at least six or seven pounds from a street vendor in Absolutely. London. In like in our times, London, at least six or seven. Oh yeah. Pounds.
0: Can you imagine? Paying You're getting charged at least
1: three pound fifty for that coffee on its own. You're god. probably getting charged four pound fifty for the sandwich. I'm putting my estimation
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> London is expensive. Oh god, it really is. Can you imagine, guys? That's like ten dollars at least. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. If not more. <laughs> I because of the ever-changing currency climate at the minute with everything that Trump's doing and everything that fucking Boris Johnson's doing. I never know now what the like exchange rate between dollars and pounds is because it keeps us changing all the time, <laughs> but probably around ten dollars. Yes. Um. So yeah, creepy man ew. Oh, so the bit with this guy as well, you like briefly touched on it about like how you would just give your own information because mm-hmm. you feel like you're not quick enough. It just made me think of this is a bullshit that women have to go through like every day or mm-hmm. people who identify as women have to go through this bullshit every day it's happened to me so many fucking times I'm sure it's happened to you so many fucking times every woman or person who identifies as a woman that is has listened to this I'm sure it's happened to you so many times and it just fucking highlights that bullshit and it kind of makes me think I wish I was a bit more like Lyra when it happens like I wish I could answer quickly and like you said give false information and like I don't know even though I know he doesn't believe that but also it's shit that you would feel that because
1: I've you shouldn't have to be like oh I'm actually waiting to meet my boyfriend he's a Mm. UFC fighter like you shouldn't have to feel like you've got to make that lie up you should be able to be like no thank you please go away and they should just go away if you've politely said no thank you I don't have time or want to interact with you yeah Leave me alone. Yeah, but I also don't have the. It's like hardwired into me, especially from like growing up doing my like little service jobs as a kid, like working in a cafe, like having mm. to be nice to strangers all the time. It's hardwired into me to kind of like try to make niceties and yeah. like be polite to people. Yeah. And so I really struggle to just bluntly be like, go away.
0: <laughs> I'm exactly the same. I work like worked in retail for ages, so it really is like kind of hardwired into you. But living in London's made me. A little Ruder. bit, yeah, and a little <laughs> bit like harder around the edges in that sense anyway. I just, I just don't want to fucking talk to anyone, never mind some creepy guy. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. Also I just put my headphones in and ignore yeah, everyone, yeah. which is terrible. That That is my actual like, what that's what I do. If I get approached by someone, I just put my headphones in. I just pretend I can't hear them. I've had but I never I...
1: actually turn music or a podcast on no. so that I can hear what they're doing in case it's threatening. Yeah. The life of a woman. <laughs> this is the other thing, like, Lyra's in a really dangerous situation being a young girl alone in london yeah and like she's almost safe for being a child alone because she's potentially going to get spotted by someone that's actually genuinely concerned for her well-being yeah whereas if she was a woman alone in london it would be like fend for yourself love but also here's a bunch of creepy guys to come and follow you around
0: yeah exactly (laughs) exactly um so yeah she shakes him off we have mrs fucking colter being a classist as we've discussed yes um and they carry on walking and they mentioned the london light pollution and it's probably one of the things that i miss the most about not living in london um, it's being looking up and being able to actually see the stars yeah can't yeah. tell you one time i've seen a fucking star in london yeah. and then you go back up north or wherever you might live that's outside of london and you look up and you're like wow stars still exist it's that's so the thing. dark at night yes i was thinking it walking home from one of the pubs in my village
1: and it's yeah, you know, it's a small little village, we, we do have streetlights and stuff but it's not massive and just walking back down the road I was like, the streetlights aren't as regular Yeah. and it, you get to points where it's almost pitch black between them Yeah. and it's just, and you can look up and actually see the stars and you're like it's just so, it's just so dark
0: so It's so dark
1: Yeah, I it's get, yeah. lovely but also sometimes a little bit creepy <laughs> Yeah.
0: I Liam and I went to our friend Zach's last night and we were we came out probably like half 11 and we were just coming into the building and i looked up and i was like why does it feel like it's like morning like the tonight you know, like just before morning when it starts getting a little bit lighter it was like the sky was like that because of the fucking light pollution yeah. when you look outside
1: like, like right now it's supposed to be dark it's not that
0: dark yeah it's just a grey blue yeah new Ooh, york's a very similar bit yellowy as well apart from most of the time if you're in manhattan you can't really even see the sky because there's so many buildings yeah um but yeah it's very similar there too
1: no light pollution <laughs> i'd like to be able to see the stars please yeah. but also i do like to see where i'm going and it would be a lot scarier living in london if it was as dark as it is in a small village at night that's true yeah like when you're walking true. down the street yeah. i kind of need that light pollution a little bit so i can see where I'm yeah, going.
0: <laughs> yeah. there's um a good description of london here um it says endless streets of little identical brick houses with gardens only big enough for a dustbin great gaunt factories behind wire fences with one ambaric light glowing bleakly high up on a wall and a night watchman snoozing by his brazier and oh and it says about uh some dismal oratories only distinguished from a warehouse by the crucifix outside and i think it's a pretty accurate description of london especially the like houses that only have room for in a garden for a dustbin and they Mm -hmm. all look identical and going from a residential
1: area immediately into an industrial area and immediately back into a residential area because everything's so squished together yeah i I liked that
0: and then yeah there's a bit now where she tries the door of one of the oratories and she hears a groan from a bench and she notices that the the porch is full of people um sleeping rough which is awful and immediately like we did discuss this a little bit before we started recording but for both of, us, it, both of us it just kind of highlighted the homelessness problem that is in London at the minute and has always been in London and um, so we were thinking about ways in which we can help because it is really I mean I'm sure wherever you guys are from listening I'm sure you have similar issues if you're from a big city or if you're not but it's very prevalent in London uh, it's very rare that you'd walk down a street without seeing at least one or two homeless people i remember doing
1: night shift jobs in my prop the prop making job that i had and i'd be doing a shop window so you go in overnight and you're working from seven or eight pm through till three or four a.m mm. and walking home at four a.m every like especially down oxford street is really yes. really bad for it and um walking down the back of john lewis on oxford street and there's anywhere where there's an overhanging is just rows and rows of sleeping bags yeah. there's so many people sleeping rough at the moment and it is this time of year especially is really really hard and really dangerous as yeah, well
0: absolutely it's the same in, in peckham on peckham high street where we both live near to there's so many homeless people on there under the archway of the railway station and we were like thinking about i suppose how How we can help and how we can all help. Yeah, it's all well and good discussing it, but it's kind of nice to have somewhere to channel
1: that energy that you've created by noticing the problem, Mm -hmm. acknowledging the problem, feeling hopeless and sad about the problem, and then opening up your laptop and doing something about it, I think. Yes. We just thought we'd help channel some of that energy while the topic's on our minds, while we're thinking about Lyra being out there considering Sleeping Rough and how easily people can end up in that situation where they have to think about Sleeping Rough Yeah, we'd point you towards some really good charities doing Mm -hmm. some really good stuff
0: yeah there's one that Rach and I have have donated to before called the Albert Kennedy Trust and it's a charity based in England created in 1989 and it basically helps LGBTQ plus youth who are homeless at the minute or who are at risk of being homeless um they're a really good charity they do this thing where basically it's you do you donate 25 pounds and that will ensure at least one lgbtq plus person that's on the streets will get a bed for the night obviously we're not asking you to do that 25 pounds is quite a lot of money but you can donate any amount or if you can't then it's just good to be aware of the these kind of charities that are doing this kind of work mm-hmm. We did wrestling training with a girl who runs a
1: charity called the Winter Streets Project and they give out kits to homeless people and you can either volunteer to hand out kits to people in your area, especially if there's someone that you pass on a daily basis. You can't always give someone money, you don't want to feel comfortable doing it and it's like they give out kits that you can hand Mm -hmm. to people and it's basically stuff like combs, winter mittens, a little bit of food, like stuff that is essential and it's also like a small luxury kind of item as well because it's just something you don't get when you're on the street so that's the yeah. winter streets project
0: yeah and there's a bunch of others i'm sure you'll be aware of, of many more yeah
1: all the usuals like shelter yeah and,
0: crisis yeah. we'll put the links to uh, albert kennedy trust and the winter streets project street project and uh, we'll put the links to them in the description so you can check them out and if you want to make a donation or volunteer for them you can. If not, it's just good to be aware that they exist and um, tell people about them, especially in this horrible cold weather in January. And this horrible having. cold political climate that we're in. <laughs> yes, because that's the thing as well, isn't it? It's Unless we are very surprised by the Tories here in London, I don't see this issue getting any better anytime soon, which yeah. is sad. Also, just a fun political fact for everybody is that um,
1: still in the UK and Wales, we have the Vagrancy Act. Which fines or vacates or sometimes even arrests people for rough sleeping or begging. It's an act that was introduced in 1824. I, I, it is ancient. I can't believe it's still there. They repealed it in Scotland in the 80s because. Hot damn, Scotland! You're doing so much better at a lot of stuff than we are.
0: Absolutely.
1: And um, yeah, there was a campaign to repeal it in the summer of this of this last year, but mm-hmm. nothing's come of it so far. And unfortunately, with the Tory government in place at the moment, I don't see the repeal happening anytime soon. No. Which is rubbish because if you're sleeping rough or begging. What you don't need is a £1,000 fine from the yeah, government. Jesus Christ. I, I just can't believe that that's even a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Once when that comes back around, any campaigns and petitions, keep your eyes out for petitions to mm. repeal the
0: Vagrancy Act because it is bananas that it's still a thing in yeah. the UK. And we do have a fair amount of American listeners too. I'm sure that you can donate to these charities from wherever you are, but I'm sure in the US, you guys have your own homeless charities, things like that, that you can donate to or help out with or like I said even just spread the word if you're not in a position to do either of those things because I know that the homeless problem is not just limited to the UK it's everywhere it's just good to be aware of these things and to talk about them and to try and spread that awareness to people that can help or would want to help as well yeah
1: that was a heavy topic but we just couldn't
0: move through
1: that moment with Lyra without kind of taking a look at what's going on in the world at the moment because we know from this chapter, Lyra has some good friends and mm-hmm. good family, and she gets found by the right people. Yeah, but not everybody does.
0: Yeah. So let's go back to Lyra. Yeah.
1: Let's let's go back one to one our hopeful story.
0: Yeah. They start to get worried about where they're going to sleep, and then Pan suggests heading down to the canal. And then that made me think: Are they in North London now? Because the only time I think about a canal in London, I think about North London and like the canal that runs, you know, behind like King's Cross and through yeah. like Angel and stuff. But like, if they're up there, they would have been walking for ages. That is true. So, but they have been walking,
1: they've been walking for an hour before they ran away from the creepy guy at the coffee stand.
0: That's true. Do you know what? Actually, they probably are there. Because if I'm thinking about it, I've walked King's Cross from Peckham before and it's taken me an hour and a half. So it, probably they could be up there mm-hmm. by now.
1: I always think that. I look, When I, I'm looking at how to get places in London on my little city mapper, it's always like, oh, you could walk it in... An hour and a half to two hours, and it's like, well, I don't have that time. But yeah. it's interesting
0: to know that it's only an hour's walk. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I used to do it like not to work or anything, but if I had like um my mum and my sister used to go, I would like walk to the station to pick them up. And it's about yeah, it's about an hour and a half from Beckham to Kings Cross. But yeah, it is interesting to think about it because the, everything's so built up that you don't really realise that you could walk it if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, I also imagine Lyra's London isn't as built up as our London yeah. today. Gotcha. Um, and that perhaps she is walking through far more residential and industrial estates yes. than like bit more built up areas because London's a weird old town, guys. <laughs> it
0: truly is, yeah. Um, so they get to the canal and there's like a bunch of bar- barges on them uh, and they see a man in a wooden hut and they consider asking for.
1: With a spaniel demon. With a spaniel
0: demon, yeah. Oh, yeah. Killed
1: up asleep. Oh.
0: Oh. Yeah, and they consider like asking him to let them in, but then lyra notices that pan's agitated and flitting between different animals um and she catches his panic again which is another mm. thing of them sharing uh, also
1: of him being aware of something that she's not and yes. her like yeah catching on it yeah feeling it mm. and they then both see two men
0: Running at her with a throwing net.
1: Oh my God, imagine. You've just been like looking through a little window at a lovely little old man with his lovely little spaniel pouring a hot mug of tea in his little cosy looking shed. It's empty everywhere else. And you turn around and there's just two blokes running at you. It's like something from a horror film. It really is. It's
0: fucking horrible. Get out. Yeah. Oh God. No. They're running at her with a throwing net Um, and then Pantalaamon uttered a harsh scream and launched himself as a leopard at the closer man's demon, a savage looking fox, bullying her backwards so that she tangled with the man's legs. The man cursed and dodged aside, and Lyra darted past him towards the open spaces of the wharf. What she mustn't do was get boxed in a corner. I just thought that was a nice little paragraph about the scuffle that is happening here. Mm -hmm. It's just easier to read it than to try and explain what's happening.
1: She's just trying to get away. Also, that is the only mention I think I found so far of somebody catching children having a fox demon, which, Oh yeah. tv show episodes yeah it's not a spoiler for the tv show if you haven't really watched it is that one of the people who's supposed to be a gobbler has this fox demon that's one of the rumours I think that's literally where it's from
0: yeah
1: um because I can't I can't remember any other mentions of fox demons occurring just interesting mm. so she yes yeah, she's trying to run away and not get boxed in yeah. and pan turns into an eagle so he can fly overhead and give her directions mm-hmm. so that she doesn't get cornered yeah which is fucking cool well yeah. done pan
0: yeah, and she is then caught in the nets. Uh, but she feels and hears something shoot past her face and it stings. What is it? Oh was that the Yeah, it's the arrow. Oh is it? Yeah. I thought it was the net smacking her in the face, is I, it here? I assume it's the arrow because obviously the other ma- they don't notice that the man's down yeah. for a little while. So I assume that coming past her face oh. is an arrow that hits him. And then obviously the arrow hits the other man, but they notice the arrow hit the other man. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. So, interesting. And because it stings her face as well, like I thought it might skin Oh, yeah.
1: Interesting. Very Ooh. interesting. I thought it was just the thwap of the um, tar-covered strings, like smacking her in the face as she gets wrapped up by the net. But oh. I, yeah. It's kind of an odd little sentence. It's quite hard to... It
0: is. had to yeah. read it twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a bit... Uh, I I put my first note on the fox demon uh, tearing at the cat pantalarm and Lara felt the pain in her own flesh and sobbed a great cry as she fell. Aww. Aww. And um, I
1: put a note on, one man was swiftly lashing cords around her, around her limbs, around her throat, her body, head, bundling her over and over on the wet ground. She felt helpless, exactly like a fly being trussed by a spider.
0: Yeah. Ew.
1: Ew. But also, ooh, lovely.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. wordsmanship. Yeah. There's another great bit, actually, just after that, where um, this, Philip uh, Pullman says, poor Hurt Pan was dragging himself towards her with a fox demon worrying his back. And he had no strength left to change even. And the other man was lying in a puddle with an arrow through his neck. And that's when they're like, oh shit, that man's got an arrow through his neck. Yeah. And I really like how it's written because like Philip Pullman's like listing things off and it's getting frantic and frantic and frantic. And then, oh wait, there's a man with an arrow in his neck. And if, if that paragraph had not ended and it had just carried on with the rest of a list, you probably wouldn't have even like registered that that was a yeah. thing that you'd not
1: seen yet. I like that he's kind of making us notice it as Lyra's noticing yeah. it. She's concentrating on pan struggling to is so it's full of so much like angst and like heartache of him being hurt and still being like bothered by the fox yeah and like she's concentrating on him and then literally like behind i imagine like the camera refocusing as we notice that this one the other man's got yeah. an arrow in his neck mm-hmm. and it's like well done philip yeah good writing. <laughs> nice writing. anyone yeah. would think you're an author
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so then a the man tying the net sees it too and then he falls on Lyra and he's been shot and he's covering Lyra in blood. Ew. Yeah. and then, Grim. Yeah, it is. Uh, someone cuts her free um, and she cuddles Pan immediately and then that made me think of the TV show as well. Again, no spoilers if you've not watched it or if you are not listening to our episodes, but there's a very distinct lack of people cuddling their demons mm-hmm. in the TV show. If you gave
1: me a furry animal friend that was a part of my soul, I would never stop hugging the thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So I liked. I liked to see it. Love to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she looks up and sees three men with bow, uh, bow and knives and they know her. They're Egyptians. Yeah, that, that, ain't Lyra. that ain't Lyra. I listened to,
1: so I like read the chapter and made my notes and mm-hmm. then as a little refresher before I came here today I listened to the audiobook. Some of the voices are so great. Aww. and Especially the Egyptians because they proper like ham it up on the like ents and, yeah. and the just the like the little dialecty accents mm. that are kind of written in the book they proper hammer up in the audiobooks Aww. it's lovely
0: love that yeah and it's tony costa billy costa's older brother so we learn in one of the older chapters that billy costa has gone one of the kids that's been kidnapped so mm-hmm. he's gone missing so this is his older brother i think we find out later or we find might find out right now so they're safe which is great. But she then panics a bit because she realises, oh, it's Tony Costa, whose mum is Mark Costa, and that's the fucking boat that they stole. Grand Theft <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and she's like, oh, fuck. Are they going to, like, not save me because <laughs> because I stole their boat? And, yeah, they set off back towards uh, their own boat. With his mates Jaxa
1: and Kerim, yeah. which are interesting names. Interesting. At American. first,
0: I like them, but because he's called Tony... Uh, which is quite a normal name not normal but i suppose like a british name mm-hmm. you know what i mean english language name yeah um i thought at first that they were demons oh. jackson and Karen. um yeah i liked the names but yeah at first i was like oh are they like demons but then i'm like no he's got to be talking to his two friends and yeah we learn here about lyra and pan's curiosity about Uh, dead demons and what happens to demons
1: Lyra stood up shakily holding the wildcat pantalae into her breast he was twisting to look at something and she followed his gaze understanding and suddenly curious too. what had happened to the dead men's demons they were fading that was the answer fading and drifting away like atoms of smoke for all that they tried to cling on to their men, Pantaleimon hid his eyes and Lyra hurried blindly after Tony Costa because mm. they clearly were like, oh, that's too grown up for me yeah. to look at.
0: does it say somewhere in this chapter, or did I make it up, that it looks like a candle when a candle's being blown out and like the, the smoke. I think that's late. Right. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. So I was like, surely I didn't make up that No, but I like it, it being metaphor. described as
1: atoms of smoke though yeah. which I think is
0: quite a similar yeah definitely thing. uh they get to the boat and they meet Mark Oster so Billy's mom mm-hmm. uh we've met her before like we just said and there's a little bit of a description of her actually and we were talking about how Philip Pullman doesn't really describe people it's only tiny just says that um she's a stout powerful woman with gray hair mm-hmm. and I was like thanks Philip that's all I need really because that's really yeah. all you need to like... also powerful as, as one of her main descriptors is yeah. like
1: this is the Mark I signed up for. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. The boys think that the people who caught Lyra were Turk traders and not gobblers, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. I wonder why Philip Pullman decided to... Not make them gobblers. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I don't, not spoiling ahead, but you would assume from this chapter and like this little bit being wrapped up with, so like Lyra's out of the net, she's been saved, great. We're probably not going to hear about her almost being caught again. So why not make them gobblers?
1: I wonder if it's because the gobblers are a slightly more subtle and sinister foe. So the only thing we've seen so far of people being taken by the gobblers is Mrs. Coulter luring Tony mm. Macarios in a very like sinister but like subtle way. Yeah. And so I wonder if that's the tactic of the gobblers. So uh, a throwing right, net, yeah. like that's they won't That's that. a bit ham fisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fair, that's interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like the gobblers are cleverer than doing that yeah maybe i don't know
0: that's a good shout (laughs) hot takes from rachel (laughs) yeah so um mark oster grabs lyra's face with her hands like bludgeons rude (laughs) she a powerful lady because of those big old (laughs) hands um and she gives her a cuddle and her demon also says hello to pan which is this a Fucking demon get bit also. Oh. What what, what does your book so, say? Rach messaged me yesterday when we were both re- doing our notes and she was like, What is your what does your book say? Uh, Mark Oster's Demon is? Mine says a yellow-eyed hawk. Mine says <laughs> also it's on a different page. Oh, really? Mine's Interesting. There.
1: Mine's at the top of 106. Mine's at the bottom of 105. Slightly different shape books. <laughs> um set her hands either side of lyra's face and her demon a great gray wolf-like dog <gasps> bent to gently lick panta wildcat head
0: oh my god it's even worse than hair gear. oh my gay. god okay
1: what? okay i did my due diligence googling apparently it's just a publication error in this uh, edition yours yeah in my edition what? so her demon is a hawk and in the First, in the first mention of Marcosta that we get in Lyra's Oxford, she's described as having a hawk demon. So I think at some point Philip wrote her with a dog, changed his mind,
0: and it just didn't get changed. So earlier in your book it says hawk, and then it says dog. Yeah. (gasps) Oh my god. So yeah, because mine says uh, the yellow, the yellow-eyed hawk crooned a quick welcome uh, to Ooh! And also, I think so. This is just
1: from various googlings. um, So some versions have corrected the fact that it's a dog but accidentally left in the bit that it licked pan so it's got a <laughs> yellow-eyed hawk licked pantalaman
0: amazing a little
1: bit yeah really interesting i was the audiobooks today just said a hawk not a yellow-eyed yeah. hawk so there's a few different versions
0: guys let us know what edition do you have yeah yeah how is it different so you're probably gonna it's probably gonna be around page 105 106 if you're not reading along with us, if you've read before and you want to go back and, and check let us know yeah, but also what oh, um, your Mark is
1: bloody love an Irish Wolfhound, which is what I'm imagining the great mm-hmm. grey wolf-like dog is. Yeah, I'm really sad that that's not her real demon. Oh, that's I really so great. want that dog, but all- and that dog would be bloody
0: massive. Imagine it living on a canal boat. Oh, no. <gasps> oh, no. But yeah, yeah, please let us know what your Mark demon is. Oh my god, how exciting! Also, I'm really glad that we're reading different versions of the book. Yeah. We have not ever encountered any of this shit. <laughs> 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 it's good. Um... <laughs> So yeah, the demons meet, Mark Oster is with Lyra again, um, Laura uh, Lyra's relieved that it looks like Mark Oster's forgiving her for stealing the boat. It's like, again, it's very, it's a very kid-like thing to think, because like Lyra, obviously the what's happening here is life and death, like Mark Oster's lost a child, there are children going missing, they don't know if they're dead, Lyra almost got captured by people, if they weren't gobblers, I don't think they were going to do anything nice to her when they captured mm-hmm. her. Um, and she's still worried that they might be mad that she once stole a boat for like 10 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, which is cute. And obviously, again, it shows like Mark Oster on the other side of that is she's a stout, powerful woman, but she's also very loving. and
1: Yeah. She's, she's not stuff. petty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I liked that a lot. Yeah, Mark Oster gives Lyra warm milk, but she won't tell her where they're going. So... That's like a bit of a theme throughout the rest of this chapter, really. Lyra keeps asking, what's going on? Where where are we going? And she doesn't really find out. Um, everyone's trying to keep it from her. Uh, and then she goes to sleep. Yeah. sleep. She wakes up in a little bed on the boat. Mm-hmm. Bangs ahead because
1: bunk beds on canal boats. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And she checks for the alethiometer. I suppose that's another thing to mention throughout this chapter, isn't it? That periodically she checks that she still has it. And she's
1: very carefully not so far revealed yeah. it to anyone yes, at yeah. all She yeah. it to herself
0: and she goes out to the cabin and mark Hoster comes in
1: and makes some breakfast i just want to say mm. i noticed when we uh, when mark Hoster sets lyra down at the table earlier it's described as a well scrubbed pine top table mm-hmm. and she riddles the grate and then when lyra wakes up she's just surrounded by neatly made beds and i really love these descriptions of the Egyptians as a people that are nomadic not particularly well off mm-hmm. but everything is very clean very neat very orderly yeah. very tidy because like they don't have much but what they do have they keep it really well yeah and I really love those descriptions of like uh, I don't know it's just a no, really nice, nice. Yeah. way of showing like they're like a proud people yeah, yeah. I like it a lot yeah it's really good
0: Again, Lyra asks where they are. Um, they're on the Grand Junction Canal. Um, and Mark Costa tells Lyra to keep out of sight. And then Lyra questions her again, but she doesn't say any more to mm-hmm. her. And then Tony Costa comes in, and he starts talking about Lyra's. If she's not there, yeah, he's like, "What are we gonna tell her?" She's like, "Ask first, tell after it." Like, Lyra's sat right fucking there. <laughs> uh, rude. Yeah, but also like. They've not got many
1: rooms (laughs) to have these discussions in. It's only a little canal boat. Yeah.
0: And then we get a description of Tony Costa, and he's a very short one again. And he's also described as being powerful. A powerful, dark-faced man, Mm -hmm. which is very similar to Mark Costa's powerful, stout woman or whatever it said that she was. And it says that he's a man, so I'm assuming that he must be quite a bit older than Billy. I would say at least 18, probably.
1: At least, like, I don't know how old i don't know what the time of being like you're a man now son would be in this culture yeah but i'm imagining him at least like young so i'm imagining between the ages of 17 and 20 maybe yeah yeah he's marcos is son and his little brother is young enough to be taken by the gobblers yeah so he's i can't imagine him having that big of an
0: age gap yeah 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 um and he asks why she was in london so she tells him but leaves out telling him about the early um, but she, she
1: does a very good job of being
0: truthful otherwise, which we yeah. know sometimes is a struggle for our little Lyra. Yeah. There's a good simile here. Um, Lyra clumsily collected her story and shook it into order as it as if she were settling a pack of cards ready for dealing. I liked that. Good mm. simile. Ready to deal out some like hot truths. Hot troops. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> She's about to tell Tony what the gobblers do, but Mark Oster leaves the cabin and then Tony cuts her off. But then I thought and I checked back in like the previous chapters. She doesn't actually know what the goblins do. Like she just knows that they make that it involves some kind of sacrifice, and that she's heard the word severed child, yeah. and that she's. But I don't think she's yeah. put that together yet because if she'd have put that together yet, she would have liked her and Pan would have had a conversation about it. Yeah, I think she's on the edge of. Point. I think if he if she were allowed to speak,
1: she might figure it out as she was talking. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. but then Tony interrupts her.
0: Yeah, and there's a bit where Tony explains what they're doing, which is probably worth reading. But also, he basically, he's like, we know what they do, but also they're definitely, they definitely don't. They don't. Yeah. What he's explaining is we know that we don't know what they do. Yeah, <laughs> so they think that the kids uh, are being taken up north and that they do experiments on them. Uh, and then they thought that they were trying out different diseases and medicines. Then they thought about the Tartars. Maybe there's some secret deal they're making up. Siberia away because the Tartars want to move north just as much as the rest for the coal spray and the fire mines and there's been rumours of war for even longer than the Gobblers have been going um, and we reckon that the Gobblers were buying off, Tartar, off the Tartars' chiefs by giving them kids because the Tartars eat them they bake children and eat them is he just trying to like fucking scare lyra at this it's point it's very much the exact same rumors that were going
1: around about the gobblers in oxford yeah amongst the kids yeah like it shows that the grown-ups don't know a whole lot more than the kids do but i can't tell here whether he's just trying to like fuck with lyra Like i don't
0: even know yeah yeah tony Costa but then he Why just
1: he goes on because lyra's like misbelieving and he just goes on to tell her about a bunch of mythical creatures that all you get in the north
0: which i
1: love i am all about a cryptid yeah i bloody love finding out about mythical beasts and yeah. this is right up my street so especially good. spooky ones
0: i like what were the ones that i like the breathless ones mm. Ooh, ooh! i have a good good no and and good knowledge about this thing so basically the breathless ones they were saying basically they're like halfway between being alive and being dead because the north Tartars snap open their ribs and pull out pull out their lungs there's an art to it they can do it without killing them but their lungs can't work anymore without their demons pumping them by hand oh that makes me sad because yeah. also demons. it's a fucking gruesome image oh but it's real no kind of well kind of so tell you a little story oh i went to story see time. yeah midsummer i've told you about a million times spoilers for midsummer if you haven't seen it but there's a scene in midsummer where they do this to a, a person and it is amazing it's vile obviously but i love gore and i love horrendous things like that so They do it to a person, you don't see them do it, but you see the person afterwards and it's horrendous. The worst bit about that is that you think he's just dead and that they've like kind of ritually like, because he's like hung from the ceiling and his lungs are like pulled out through his back and they look like wings and he's got flowers in his eye sockets. Sorry, by the way, guys, if you don't like gore, I'm so sorry, but I'm just (laughs) going to describe it. And you did not sign up for this, but you're getting it anyway. And um, you're like, oh fuck, that's a really horrible way to die. But then you see his fucking lungs move, and he's still alive, and he's breathing. And I was like, oh my god, it fucked me up. So, when I read that, I was like... Immediately, yes. yes. So I googled it, and got a little screenshot on my phone from Wikipedia. It's called Blood Eagle. Blood eagle. The Blood Eagle is a ritualised ritualized method of execution detailed in late skaldic poetry. According to the two instances mentioned in the sagas, the victims, in both cases members of royal families were placed in a prone position, their ribs severed from the spine with a sharp tool, and their lungs pulled through the opening to create a pair of wings, in in inverted commas. There is continuing debate uh, about whether the ritual was a literary literary invention, a mistranslation of the original text, or an actual authentic historical practice. Ooh, interesting. Also, I feel like I remember something like that happening very similarly in an
1: episode of Hannibal super creepy hmm. and there's definitely very similar there's definitely like anatomical illustrations out there yes that look very similar to that. yeah Ooh, also creepy.
0: i would say if you haven't seen midsummer listeners and you like got mm, i say got it's very gory but like they're few and far between the gory moments it's more like a psychological horror but the gory moments are extreme like it's the most gore maybe i've ever seen because it's very realistic so like you can yeah. go and see like a saw film, and you're gonna get like some horrific gore, but it's not that realistic. But this is very realistic. If you if you're into that kind of thing, I would recommend seeing Midsummer. I fucking loved it so much. I felt like I've been punched in the stomach when I left the cinema. Oh it's just amazing. So yeah, go and see if you haven't seen it already. I'm horrendous with
1: a scary film. <laughs> I'm really bad at watching scary movies, but I love a practical effect, so mm. I feel like I might have Ooh. to
0: go and watch it for those reasons. And also, I don't think you'd be scared by it because it's not like jump scare or anything. It's yeah. just like very psychological, um, yeah, horror. Oh, interesting. I, by the way, there's a lot of like a fair few like triggering things in that film as well. So if you haven't seen it, maybe just have a look at the like description of it and stuff yeah. first. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I personally
1: love it. Great. Anyway, tangent I, done. I'm so <laughs> glad that you did that, Google. I did not do that, Google. I just Googled where the word, where the word nalkinens comes from. Ooh. Nalkinens. I listened to the audiobook, thought as I was listening, oh, I'll take a note of how that man just said it and I'll try and say it like that. I've forgotten. <laughs> so I probably pronounced it wrong. But it is very much just a translation of the word hungry in Finnish. Um, which makes sense because the Nalkinans are described as uh, child-sized, headless ghosts, and they like grab onto people and never let go. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes sense if that whole thing is like if you get caught by them and they grab you and they never let go. It's kind of fits fits with the whole like hungry description. Yeah, like they're just hungry for something. I don't know.
0: And then and then they talk about of Pansemyon, which we've heard before. Oh, and the wind suckers, yeah. which I want to do a wink wink at you for because.
1: I feel like we're going to mention them in a, in another book. The wind suckers are described as wispy air like apparitions that suck the energy out of you when they touch you. Yeah. They make you tired. Yeah. Mm. Watch this space. Mm. Also, I would never have thought about
0: until like reading the book to make notes for a podcast. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, so Pants me on, and Lyra's like, ah, I've heard of them, and we've all heard of them. We've heard of them, mm-hmm. and now we know. That we, we know that they're armoured bears and they're kind of like polar bears mm-hmm. I dislike
1: this description because they are described as having a man's
0: hands <laughs> I, what the fuck do they actually have I a man's know. hands because if you remember when we watched the episode uh, of the TV show with Sarah, Rachel's housemate she said, aren't they supposed to have thumbs, Oh, it might have been Will mm. uh, aren't they supposed to have like, man hands or thumbs and I was like, that does ring a bell and here it is. They got hands like men. That is fucking weird.
1: Imagine a polar bear with hands like a man. I want to read that as a description of like, it means that just that they have they, opposable thumbs that are still furry and polar beary. Yeah, they can use their hands like that. <laughs> also, there's an image in my head of a polar bear just with person hands. God, it's so horrific. I
0: don't like that at all.
1: I do not like uh, it. If um, anyone wants to draw that for us, please don't. <laughs> No one wants to Photoshop that onto an image from the uh, from the TV series or the movie. Please don't. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, horrific. God. But yeah, it says a few other things um, about the birds. They sell their strength basically to whoever pays for it. They're really good with making like armor, and they're really good with metal that kind of stuff. But they're vicious killers. Um, and if you make a bargain with a beyond, you can rely on it because they keep their word. Trustworthy. Yeah. And my question after all this is: Should Tony be telling a fucking child all of this? I don't know because Lyra considered these
1: horrors with awe. She which fucking is the loved ne- it. The, literally, the next thing that said. Yeah. So yeah, sure.
0: She's eating that shit up. She, she loves it. Loves it. I. This is where I question Tony's motives. Is he doing it to actually give her information, or is he doing it to try and fuck with her and to try and scare her and like show off a bit? Yeah, and yeah, and that as well. I don't know. Maybe bit of both. Like, yeah.
1: He can probably see that she's loving it.
0: Yeah. A bit of a mixture yeah
1: i don't know that's why i think that he can't be a 25 year old man i feel like he has to be kind of like teen yeah. like only just a man yeah, yeah because yeah. it's the kind of thing you can see like a an older teenager doing to kind of like wind up and freak out a 12 year old that's true yeah. whereas like if he's like a 30 year old man it's wildly inappropriate yeah so that's why i'm choosing to age him down because otherwise <laughs> it's, it's just bloody weird
0: <laughs> um and then we learn that mark oster walked out earlier because she doesn't want to hear about my, what might be happening to Billy. Well, yeah. yeah, especially if he's describing it like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we learned that the gobblers are taking the kids north. Yes. Well, I was like, well, how do you know that? And then Tony says, well, because we caught one and we made them talk and they told us that. It says Egyptians have been hit worse by the gobblers. And then that, I think, we, I can't remember if we touched on it in one of the older episodes. It goes to your point earlier about them being less privileged than other people does it make it easier for the kids to to be snatched it's one of those things isn't it where it's like does the society that they live in not care about them as much because they're underprivileged or they're not seen as being like again it's like classism isn't it Mm -hmm. like they're seen as being i suppose a bit not under the radar but you get it's kind of that thing isn't it where the police don't pay attention to them much because Mm -hmm they're not seen as being as privileged as others
1: it's a concept that comes up a lot in a lot of the murdery murdery podcasts that i listen to yeah of them the less dead Mm. um of being like people that are sex workers or um like black people Mm -hmm. and yeah basically people are minorities when they're murdered there's not a lot of fuss kicked up by the authorities but when a lovely little white girl gets murdered everybody freaks out over yeah. it and it's almost like the Egyptians are considered to be the less missing
0: yeah They're
1: yeah like, it's not really they've been hit the worst probably because the authorities
0: haven't even bothered with it yeah so then that makes in turn makes it so much easier for it to happen again and again and again yeah also now we know that mrs
1: coulter is part of the ablation board the ablation board the go- gobblers We know the ablation board is linked to the highest levels of government. Yeah. No wonder the authorities aren't looking into it.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So, like, and Lyra's probably only just going to kind of start putting that together of, like, why is it that no one's looking for these missing kids? Because the police are told to turn a blind eye, probably.
0: Yeah. Which is also rubbish. Yay, governmental (laughs) corruption! (laughs) So uh, we learn that they're all Egyptians or a lot of Egyptians are coming together to send out a rescue party. And they mention John Farr, who is the king of the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. Mm. Lyra finally fucking thinks about Roger. Finally. Come on, Lyra. It's finally. like maybe
1: once a chapter that you're remembering yeah. dear, sweet Roger. <laughs> it's
0: been bloody months. Fuck's sake. <sighs> and she basically wants to go with them because she wants to rescue Roger mm-hmm. and Uncle Asriel, who we didn't mention earlier, but she told Tony Costa that um, the bears have Uncle uh, her uncle Azrael, but she doesn't want to tell Tony that she wants to go with them to rescue him as well.
1: And that's the end. Yeah, it's quite a, a, an abrupt end it to the chapter. It is an abrupt end, yeah. And it's quite a petite little chapter. It's only like 12 pages long. Yeah. What do you think about the chapter overall? Gosh, it's another chapter that's just... A lot of stuff actually physically happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets us very nicely from lost to found yeah which I think is true. is nice um because I feel like I, I always like to analyze where, where Lyra was and where Lyra is now yeah, and yeah. it's nice to see such a big change from like lost and alone on the streets of London yeah. to on a boat going who knows where but surrounded by people that are trustworthy yeah. for once. Yeah. Like, this is the first time since she's left the Scholars at Oxford that she's been around people she trusts. Yeah, that's true. Which is good. That's true.
0: Yeah, it's a short chapter, like you said. Also, the kidnapping and rescuing happens very quickly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's like, she's kidnapped and she's rescued in, like, a page. Yeah. (laughs) She doesn't have to go anywhere. It's fine. And then, like, the rest of it is Tony Costa just telling her about a bunch of creatures. Yeah, which I enjoy. I like that. I mean, (laughs) I'm always up for a chat about mythical creatures. Oh, definitely for us anyway I suppose maybe not for them but yeah I, I I did enjoy it I think as well like coming back after Christmas and, and reading it and making notes on it was a lot easier than say if it was that really long chapter that we did Lyris Jordan like mm-hmm. if it was that coming back from Christmas I don't think I would have been able to make it
1: <laughs> <laughs> no it was a nice nice little petite chapter yeah. happy with that
0: Do you have an award to give out this week? I do. I, I fear we might have the same person because there wasn't many people in the You go chapter. first. I, uh, mine's to Tony Costa. I have. I wrote down two just okay. in case we had the same one. <laughs> yeah, mine's to Tony Costa for just being like quite inappropriate with the information that he gave. Basically a, a TMI award, a too much information <laughs> award. for Maybe you shouldn't be saying that to a, all these things to a 12-year-old. It's fine because Lyra loved it, but... Mm-hmm. The Inappropriate Gory Storyteller. Yes.
1: <laughs> award. Yes. What is yours? Uh, my secondary award mm-hmm. is for Mark Oster's missing dog.
0: Oh, no.
1: It's for the, the dog that she could have had as a demon if it hadn't been rewritten. Yeah. Oh. If, if not for this little print error, we never would have known about him. Oh, God. Rest in peace. <laughs> Rest in never having existed little dog. Yes. <laughs> or big dog. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to live in a world where Mark Oster has a giant Irish
0: wolfhound on that boat. Yeah, me too. I want to see it, like, mm-hmm. scrambling around there. be yeah, the all legs in <laughs> Uh But yeah my, yeah, my first award
1: was for Tony, for his gory storytelling, yeah. and my second award was for Mark Oster's imaginary Great.
0: dog. All well-deserved. <laughs> so some good awards here, yes. yes. So, what's the name of the next chapter? The next chapter is John Var. Oh my god, we heard about
1: him. Oh my god, I know that name. Ah. Do you think he might be important? Uh, maybe. He's
0: got a chapter named after him. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Her Dark Materials. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at hdmpod. And you can email us at pod at gmail.com. We bloody love an email. We bloody love an email. And if you want to help us out, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast reviewing
0: services. It helps other people to find us. I'm Faye, and when I'm not talking about Lyra and Pan, I'm probably writing. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Faye Lee, which is Y. And if you want to read some of my blog posts, I'm on Medium at Faye.ducker.
1: I'm Rachel, and when I'm not here chatting to you lovely folks about demons and dust, I'm making designer toys, art, and illustrations. You can find me over on Instagram at rachmakes, on Twitter at Rach underscore makes, and over on my online shop, rachemakes.co.uk. And at the moment, I'm doing a little sale to help me move house. Uh, So if you want to go on my website, you can get 20% off with the code movingday2020. A huge thank you to Johnny Knott for his musical stylings and for help with navigating the scary tech stuff.
0: We'll see you in two weeks time. And don't forget, keep telling stories and all will be well. Bye-bye. 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 Bye 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 bye